Welcome to You're Making It Worse. We're here, we're queer, who cares? I'm Elliot Glazer. And I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. Textual Healing. For the seventh year in a row, in uh, Cincinnati, Ohio, LGBTQ groups will not be allowed to participate in their St. Patrick's Day Pride Parade. That's right. Uh, their first openly elected gay official called the parade an anti-LGBTQ event. And they've been doing this for a while now. They're gay mayor, right? They're gay mayor. Yeah. Or, I mean, I will, this is not, this isn't uh, just because I don't want to rat on Cincinnati. This is a problem across the country. It's happening in Staten Island, too. It's, ha- it's happened right. everywhere. It happened famously in New York for years where Christine Quinn, she's a former um Speaker of the city council, city council right? Uh, and she, I think she might have been the one that stopped it, but they wouldn't allow LGBT groups. And I marched in the one in Queens. They wouldn't allow LGBT groups to participate in New York because St. they see it as a political and group. Is that what they say? I, that's what that's their that's Wait. their excuse. And so then they have a count LGBT groups set up a St. Patrick's Day gay parade mm-hmm. in Queens, and <laughs> you would always. I went out to it a few times. It actually was fun. Um, but Christine Quinn, I think, might to put an end to it in New York when she was yeah. Speaker of City Council. Let me ask, because I've never been, first of all, as I've said a million times, parades are entertainment from the 1800s. I hate parades. I, I don't understand I them parades. at all. But, uh, so what? what is the difference? At St. Standing Patrick's and Day watching. Parade, how is it different? Like, what is it? Is it have floats? Are the floats? Yeah, it's like it's all from in companies of sort of you know every urban area in this country basically has a very large Irish community because right. of immigration during the late 1800s. That's correct. And 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 because of that, there's just like you know in the early parts of sort of the Industrial Revolution, the Irish were sort of running everything. Right. And in New York, I mean, Italians were discriminated against because the Irish controlled so much of New York and New York politics, and so they. Would have all these parades in every major city. Basically, <laughs> all these yeah, parades. They, no, they Irish would. They would. About so poorly. My dad still talks about like the stereotypes that you would that people would say about the Irish in the twenties or whatever. Yeah, because they ran so much of this country's big cities and the industrial workforce of these big cities to the point where they were controlling the amount of black people that were working in factories and that were getting on city councils and that were running and and, and not these, not in a good way I'm assuming not always in a good way <laughs> yeah and and so and so they would have these parades around the country sort of celebrating their Irishness but also right. in a weird subversive way saying you don't have a parade and we do. Mm-hmm. And so and then the being, Puerto Ricans were like, nope. Yeah, in New York we got our parade. Now. That came years later. <laughs> That's true. Wait, so you that went to true. an like an alt gay yeah, Irish I used to, parade because I used to work Queens? in politics and and you know, uh, democratic politicians in New York um at least the one I was working for at the time, she Hillary Clinton decided to um her campaign decided to march in the gay one instead of the mm. main one to make a statement. That bitch. Um, I know. And so, yeah, so I, I, I would march in that 
and it was, was fun. It, fun? it was fun. Yeah, it was really. It I was, think parades are such a waste of time. They I really know. are. I yeah. hate them. But I mean, that so one was slow fun. moving. So slow. Like, like a big ass balloon. Why do I care about? A, <laughs> why do I care about a Snoopy as a balloon? Every every Thanksgiving, it's always like, oh, the Thanksgiving parade. Why would I watch that? Well, that I can see being festive. Because and that's that not. You're seeing... That's a different kind of parade. Okay, yeah. Well, that's what I was asking. So, what's the difference between an okay. Irish parade this is and so like Thanksgiving? Local, civic. Yeah. It's usually uh, floats. It's usually but businesses, businesses, bands like right. marching bands, shit and like that. And it's particularly, you know, I think uh, uh, there's uh, no performance, jar- right? But I think it's particularly jarring that these groups are not allowed to attend when it is civic, local, you know, businesses and, and groups and stuff. I mean, so they I, have elected oh. officials marching in the parade. Right. Okay, which so are I was going to say, people. I was going to say, so I was going to play devil's advocate for a second. That like, are there no political people? Or no, there are, there okay. are, and they, yeah. but they also say, um, like, for example, I'm looking at one here. Uh, Larry Cummings, uh, who's in New York, um, said that uh, the Pride Center of Staten Island was barred from the local parade. They weren't even allowed an application. Um, And when he walked in, they said his name and he said what organization he was from. And they told him that they that their group, quote, goes against the tenets of the Catholic Church, Mm -hmm. which is great. I mean, that that, that's the part that's kind of most I think that's, that's the part that makes the most sense to me. Well, no, this but, is oh. right. Well, it's in that in that what that they're so afraid of uh, gay people in well, no, the Catholic I mean, it's, Church. It's not. Well, Brent, I'll let you go first. Well, the, what I found interesting about that was that, uh, and, and I'm just talking about uh, pol- uh, public opinion polling. Catholics are significantly more open minded to gay rights and, frankly, abortion too. For real, F- absolutely. Then Protestants are the reason. Not necessarily practicing Catholics. Well, sure, but Protestants are the reason why this country is so socially conservative. Yeah. If you look at polls, in particular evangelicals, that's. I mean, you'll see you know huge swaths of evangelicals will oppose abortion, gay 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 rights, that sort of thing. But if you look at Catholics, and and also you could break this down to a lot of Catholics live on the East Coast, which is more liberal, et cetera. But like Catholics, statistically speaking, are generally skew democratic, not always, and are way more open minded to gay rights than than Protestants. Protestants Well, they're socially democratic. They aren't necessarily on some of the hot button issues democratic. But I mean, like, you know, you have um, John Kerry who says he's against abortion, but he supports the woman's right to have right. it because he's a Catholic. So, I mean, John it, Kennedy was a Catholic. Obviously. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's one of those okay, sort okay. of double edged sword situations. Why I say I'm not surprised. That's the least surprising part of this is that, you know, if 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 a, if if the Catholic Church is involved in a major way in a parade, I am not I want to respect a religious organization's decision to practice however they want to practice because that's what this country is fucking founded on. And I don't think it's a shocker that Catholics do not necessarily support LGBTQ people. This is not a surprise to anybody. And if a Catholic church – now, I'm not saying the Catholic church is running the Cincinnati uh, St. Patrick's Day Parade. I don't think they are. But if they were, if they were the main organizer behind the St. Patrick's Day Parade, then I'm saying yeah. You can do that, I guess, because that is what your church. That is how you, how yeah, you, you practice your you faith. You can't force a church to conduct a Just, gay a gay marriage exactly, ceremony if, unless it's if getting public funds. If it's getting public right. funds, then that's a different story. Right. But if it's a private thing that they're having a St. Patrick's Day parade and they get all the permits and they do all the things, but they're funding everything themselves yeah. and it's organized by them. Well, then why should we tell a, a religious faith to say that they should or should not accept people when in reality it's like. That's their choosing. That's what mm-hmm. they do. That's mm-hmm. that's and yeah, I'm against it. You can be against it, 
But they should not not be able to believe it. Right? They're also saying, but apparently, like this Catholic church, this guy Larry Cummings in New York. I they, mean, horrible name, dude. Change your name if you're a gay <laughs> dude working in well, the, gay causes. The Pride Center of Staten Island was barred. Love you though. And so <laughs> when he asked, he said that they go against the tenets of the Catholic Church. Uh, and that their banner promoted a homosexual lifestyle. But if we're talking about politics, what it said on their banner was safe schools for all. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. like, how 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 much uh, how anti-Catholic can it be to just promote kids feeling safe in school no matter what their sexuality? Yeah. yeah. Well, well we, we all know he's just talking out of both sides of his mouth. Right. Well, we also were probably thinking that, I mean— I, uh, again, playing devil's advocate here, that the Catholic Church sees safe schools from all, for all from a gay group as a means of trying to make kids believe that homosexuality Ugh, is not boring. a sin in the eyes yeah, right, of the right. Lord. And so, I mean, no, I'm serious, though. No, like, I, I agree. I think, I, think it's, I think that's their perspective. And while I don't agree with it, I will respect it. It's kind of ridiculous that, like, we're fighting— we're fighting for the right yes. to be in this dumbass parade. Right. Like, it's so – you're like – I don't even want – like, I, I when I started reading this, I'm like, I don't even want to discuss it because, like, it's so boring. I don't care about Cincinnati. See, that to me yeah. is what's so funny is that the idea that it's like, you're not allowed at our parade, which is to me the same thing as, I'm not making you a cake. It's yeah, always yeah, yeah. It's always these, like – fervently joyful activities or like a fucking yeah. parade that it's like, yeah. yeah, I don't want to go to your parade anyway, you fucking assholes. Well, and also, right. if, if an LGBT person who's Irish has an immense <laughs> amount of pride in their heritage, yeah. I can see them it's wanting a bummer. to... It's yeah. a bummer. Sure. Not even joking. Emily, thank you so much for being <laughs> oh here. Oh my gosh, Emily, Emily Heller. Heller. Emily Heller, one of our favorite comedians. Does anybody ever annoying go, Emily Holla? Yes. Oh, that's oh. so annoying. I get, I've gotten all of it. Heller High Water. Sure. Oh, brother. Sure. Uh... Etc. Sure. I don't yeah. have <laughs> other examples ready for some reason. Right. <laughs> thank you so much for being here. Oh my uh, gosh, thank you just, for having me. You are wanted... my favorites. <laughs> you are our You're favorite. Our favorite. <laughs> Do you ever make your guests pick one of you as their favorite? Yes, right now. Go. Uh, I'm not doing it. <laughs> By the way, she said I'm not doing it, but she did look at me. Yeah. We <laughs> know. I just thought we you'd knew. be the maddest. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've known you for years. Yeah. yeah. I mean, collectively. Collectively, yes. yeah. yeah. A yeah. cumulative 90 years. Wow. <laughs> in this, in this very room, 90 years of history. Oh. Yeah, you moved to New York in what? 2011. 20, oh. From San Francisco, right? From San Francisco. San Francisco. And then I moved to LA in 2013. And you've always been a very outspoken, how do I put this, pro-woman kind of Just person. like a <laughs> cunty bitch, sort yeah, of yeah, that's what ma- I was mouthy broad. <laughs> just <What's> real. Feminism. <laughs> Feminism? Okay, have you ever heard of Lilith Fair? Um, <laughs> yes, I went to one. Because that's part of it. I went you to two, so not a competition. You know what's really funny? <laughs> I do, I'm actually pulling a brand. I go, you know what's funny? <laughs> Adjusting my body. Yeah. Lilith Fair was, I, I went to Lilith Fair several times as well yeah. in uh-huh. my youth. I hate yeah. live music and I loved it. Oh, yeah, I loved it. I I, I, I was, the, I mean, I don't know if I, I think I was at the one where, and no, it's, this sounds like a joke, but I think it was where Sheryl Crow debuted her, like, mom hair. Uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> short haircut and the audience was like crying <laughs> I swear like happy crying happy crying it happy was tears. what better so audience funny. could exactly. you have yeah. for but I think about, giving yourself an unflattering haircut <laughs> that's it that's where you are um, but I think about Lilith Fair as and even as a huge fan I remember I remember it sort of got shit as being this like uh, uh, you know stinky like earthy granola, woo-woo, granola yeah. thing 
where it was really it was just like music and the women were yeah. and the the artists were all women yeah but yeah, yeah. I, I you're re- right that is kind of weird that in hindsight they didn't market themselves as being hippies but in hindsight you're they looking just back, got that rap. It was just because it was all women were like, oh, it's a bunch of stinky, yes. disgusting yeah. guys. And I, I remember the VH1 behind the music, Lilith Fair, and they talked Ooh. about, Sarah McLachlan talked about there was a lot of disarray bef- in the first touring of, yeah. of Lilith Fair that a lot of people weren't getting along, a lot of things were going wrong. Sure. And then who came in? The Indigo Girls. Emmy Lou Harris? And it oh. settled Everything. Oh, wow. it, of course it, it brought did. everyone together, and that created the mold for every little affair after that. That's now, funny. I'm not going to go off on a tangent because I've been on a bunch of podcasts this week, and I've talked about the Indigo Girls on every one of them. I I love the Indigo oh, Girls. Same. I talk about them constantly. Yeah. Um, though I will share with you one thing that I didn't talk about on any of the other podcasts about mm. the Indigo Girls that Ooh, I think is very actually. Did tweet. I mention this anyway? Uh, they don't share writing credit like Lennon and McCartney. Oh, like what? they, they specifically, it's like this song was written by Emily, Amy, Emily oh. Sailors. This one was written oh, by Amy it, Ray. Oh, that's that's cool. cool. And I think that that is the secret. They know how to draw boundaries. Yeah, that's and that's cool. why they're not like you know. <laughs> they, they the do, That's why they didn't break up anyway. Do you know, do you want to know my favorite thing about Sarah McLaughlin? Whenever she ends a concert, she's just so Sarah McLaughlin. She always goes to the mic. She goes goodbye. See you soon. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember Wait, her. How many, how many oh Sarah God. concerts have you been to? Oh, none. I just, but I watch clips online. Uh, Can I just I remember t- her ridiculous song? Your love is better I, than ice cream, cream. Yeah. better than anything else that I've tried. <laughs> so, <laughs> Can I tell you my favorite thing about Sarah McLaughlin? Yes. Which is that her last name sounds like a chicken setting. <laughs> <laughs> That is. That is. That's oh my god! I, you know what's weird? I never got into the Indigo Girls, but I love the Dixie Chicks. I love the Dixie I Chicks. Love, oh, interesting! That's not, and they've not collaborated. The yeah, have they? I believe they have. Did yeah. the Dixie Chicks do Lilith Fair? Oh, I'm no. sure. I probably. Actually, so. I think they might have formed after the. I think you're right. I'm not sure. No, because Wide Open Spaces was like 96. Oh. I think. Was it? I don't know. You know what? We'll have to go to the files. (laughs) (laughs) I do love the Dixie Chicks. Anyway, as you were saying, I'm a mouthy bitch. Yeah, so what's it like being a woman? (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah. But I feel like you've probably witnessed me arguing with people. Yeah. In person, yeah. Well, you're also also a very... If I may give you a compliment... You are one of the few people I'm always afraid. Not that I ever cross you, <laughs> but I, I'm, I've seen you cut people down so effectively that I'm like, which I I've don't made mean the to do. Note to be like, I'm never gonna cross Emily at a party. Well, oh my god! Uh, counter that. But you, what do, it, I you love, do it in a fun way. What did I still, say? What yeah. I love about you is that you find. I love anyone that can draw attention to themselves in an awesome way that ha- then has something to say, yeah. and you always do that so. Well, thank you. I, I love that. I love attention and I love saying things. <laughs> yes, yes. But you're, you're, the Getty images bag that you brought. Oh, my God, you explain, you explain that, or should I? You explain it. You're, I think bit, a lot of people will probably already it. know it. Yeah, I, know, I mean, if you Google, if you Google me, it's one of the first things that comes up. Um, so I got to go to the Emmys last year for the first time because mm-hmm. um, I write for a show called Barry on HBO, and we got nominated. Um, and I was like, no one's going to take my picture on the red carpet. But I want them to, yeah. and I I want there to be a reason for them to. So I and I also I was just thinking about how like those events like the souvenir people have is like 
a, a Getty Images photo with like the yeah. Getty Images watermark on it. Yeah. It's like the sign that you were somewhere fancy. Yeah. yeah. And so I thought like a good, like if they didn't take my picture or if they did, either way this works, I made a clutch. I had a custom made clutch that looks like the Getty How Images much did watermark. It cost so seventy dollars. Funny! Wow, that's yeah. so cheap. Yeah, really good. Uh, there's this website that will make uh, put a photograph on whatever you want, oh, and it yeah. comes in like two days. I wow. don't know how they do it, um, but <laughs> yeah. So I, I like I literally like did a search for the Getty Images watermark and I just like took the actual picture <laughs> like I took like a JPEG of the watermark oh my and I God. put it on a purse that's and then so like brilliant. what you can't see is inside the purse it also has like is lined with satin that is also printed with the Getty Images oh. watermark which I should have just done something else on the inside but whatever uh, I was like it was one of those ideas where like I had the idea and I was like out at a bar drunk with my friends and then I thought of the idea and like went home and ordered it immediately. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I was yeah. like, so I need to do good. this now. Planet Hollywood ever comes back, save that bag and donate it. Oh. If oh, what wow. in Hollywood comes Planet Hollywood oh, ever comes back, yes. donate it for the, the wall. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my if God. I, yeah. If I ever get... I could do- donate to like an auction or something. I you guess. Could. Yeah. yeah. Or Planet Hollywood. Smithsonian probably is going to want it. Um, <laughs> Next to the ruby slippers. <laughs> uh, anyway, I wait. Like I had never like walked a red carpet before. Like I I didn't hire a publicist, which people told me to do, and I didn't understand why. And then oh. I got there, and I realized I should have because what a publicist does is they just tell you where to go, and they tell other people who you are when they're like getting ready to take your picture. What? Because I was just yeah. wandering around a yeah. part of the red carpet where people weren't getting their pictures taken, just kind of being like. Like, does someone want to take my picture with yeah. my bag? <laughs> and then I finally found like the line that I needed wow. to stand in. Yeah. And I was right behind um what's the dude's name from This Is Us? Milo Ventimig. No. The cute one or the other cute one or the not so cute one? The black one. Oh, the cute one. Sterling, uh, Sterling K. Brown. Sterling K. Brown. Yeah. I was right behind him. So it took forever because they wanted a million pictures yeah. of him, of yeah. course. Yeah. Right. And, um, and then people like yeah. boo when you get up. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, hello. And they're like, we don't know who the fuck you are. But then they also did boo because the people who were not from Getty Images took my bag as an insult. They <gasps> were very, very mad about it. That's but Getty so Images funny. took your bag away? No, they just took it as an insult. Oh, oh, oh. And then they were like, no, we're not taking your picture. And I was like, I'll hold it behind my back. And they were like, no. Oh, wow. Uh, But the Getty Images was like, yeah, baby, more, more, more. Who cares about the other one? Getty Images is what everyone knows and loves. I will say, I this is something I don't think I would have known, but like, obviously there are real red carpets. Yeah. Like you went to at the Emmys. But then like. Oh, Being I know in comedy, what you're say. there's all these like ridiculous award shows or like just like like people a rap, just hold step, a rap yeah. party step and for repeat. something. Yeah, they just yeah. throw up a step and repeat it. Whatever. I love yeah. a step they, and they repeat. Throw up a red carpet. <laughs> I want one in my apartment. To go through to get to a party, and it's unequivocally the most uncomfortable thing. Well, because it's always it's always in half the LA parties, it's always like kind of wrinkled and like yeah. not flat yeah. ever. Where I'm like, I don't, like, want, I don't want to picture ties. myself in front of that. Yeah, you yeah. know what? Yeah. But you watch the Kardashians and in like literally the first few seasons is them standing in front of the most ridiculous step and repeats. Well, that's the best thing. A, a relic of the of the 2000s are these step and repeats for events that were so, that was bullshit. Yeah. So it was like a launch of like a 
T-Mobile like two-way walkie-talkie mobile device and yeah. like or like you know sponsored by you know Meow Mix or whatever yeah. and seeing yeah. like people in front of these step and repeats like that like was the earnestly posing, trying like to look sexy yes. yeah. yeah it's it, for me it's my favorite thing in the world on Tinder I'll be swiping through and I swear to God, in LA, one in ten guys has has a picture of them on the red carpet. Mm-hmm. And you, I always look at the corporate logo behind them. So there's always a backdrop when Hilarious. you're on a red carpet. Every time it's like Paul Oliver or some shit, <laughs> yeah. or something ridiculous. And you're like, you don't you don't need to use this. Like you went to the Emmys. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I mean, God love you. I mean, if that's wait. You know, so so Emily, you yes. have a new special. I do. I recorded a special. It just came out on Comedy Central Digital. It's called Ice Thickeners. Ooh. Um, What's that mean? Yeah, explain that. Um, so it's from one of my jokes where I talk about how it's the opposite of an icebreaker. Mm-hmm. So like an icebreaker's like when did you get married? And an ice thickener is like, why did you get married? <laughs> okay, so you also have a, I think, right, a, a, a women-only writers group? Kind of. Is that still... I that do, a- like, writing retreats with women only. And the special itself, like, I attempted to have only... I have no men in the audience. Oh, wow. Um, I advertised it as no men allowed, but also that won't be enforced because I didn't want to get sued. Yeah. But I did want as much attention as Wonder Woman. It's not legal, is it? It's not. Well, people, like, when they did the Wonder Woman screenings, they got sued. But they also wow. got yeah. a lot of attention. And yeah, that's what I wanted. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I would like the attention and none of the lawsuits. So yeah, right, right. I won't enforce it. I'll let you in. You should have just had it at one of those, like, workout centers that only let women in. Like, what is Curves? That? Yeah, you should just have it curves. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say workout centers? Oh, yeah. workout Hilarious. centers. <laughs> Mina, Jim. <laughs> By the way, my mom used to go to Curves. They my are, mom did, too. They are the biggest racket in the entire They're world. They're a big old racket. Really? Are they really? They have like, Don't you just move from one machine to the other? 10 sets of five pound weights or whatever, and yep. all you do is show up. My mom, of course, it was like a big deal for her. She's like, oh, I only go twice a week. I'm so sore. Right. But yeah. like, yeah, I remember her describing it. I'm like, there's no there's no more like than $500 in equipment in that room. Yeah, my mom went to <laughs> Curves, and like then she went bucks. to a, a ripoff of Curves, but she was like, it was like just a lady named Kathy who was like, women only, it's Long Island. She's like, yeah. women only, you know, two at a time or whatever. <laughs> right. She loved Kathy, and then she hated Kathy for oh. some reason. They all hated Kathy and left Kathy. Oh, my God. I don't know what happened with My Kathy? mom loves as hard as she hates. <laughs> <laughs> it was just so called Bumps. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Long Island is so gross that there's a bag- there's so many bagel stores, but there's one bagel store where I grew up, with and next to it there's a lingerie shop, literally called uh, My Lady Lumps. It's oh, literally pulled from God. the Black Eyed Peas song, My Humps. The My song Lady that makes Lumps. us all horny. <laughs> that sounds like a like a breast cancer diagnosis oh, center. Oh, it's awful. Yeah. It's awful. You, know, you only go there tackles. for a diagnosis. You only go there for a diagnosis. <laughs> Do I have breast cancer? <laughs> well, you're at the right place. Yeah. All right, so serious question. Not serious question, yes. but pseudo-serious. Wait, let's, let's serious, serious XM question. Let's get serious. So you, do you, would you say when you do like women-only stuff and try to keep men out, like do you hate men or do you – <laughs> are you are you leery of men? Because I'm leery. <laughs> <laughs> it's like not even. I'm I'm like a, a truly like a joke separatist. I'm not a real separatist in any way. Right, right. Um, but like I do find that like there is something that happens when you don't have men in the room that's yes. hard to put your finger on, which is just like I an, know. Ele- <laughs> an element of like. Sort of relaxation or letting your guard down, mm-hmm. or like for the writing retreats that I would do, in part it was like 
those were just the people that I wanted to do the writing retreat with sure. anyway. Um, but it was also kind of like, okay, these are people who are like not going to talk over each other. Like, yeah. or just if they do, they will know that that's not the reason. Mm-hmm. It just yes. sort of like takes out some elements of, of that. And also I think like, Either, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, I think that, you know, when you're with your people, especially in stand up, which is so like it's about you and who you are. Mm-hmm. There are things that you go through that are unique to who you are when you go through stand up. And like a lot of times, like the world decides that if you're a female stand up, you're going to have to go through this particular shit mm-hmm. and talking about it with other people who have gone through it. It's like just what? like. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> no, yeah. Well, but, but it's so funny because I've had, uh, I, I, you know, I've been to a million shows, yeah. and I've, I, I try to consider myself, you know, pretty open and present and aware of like what's going on, and then, then there's, but there's still so much. Like I have friends, obviously female comic friends of mine. Who will be like this happens to me and this happens to me and this happens to me and I'm just like you don't see I it. never get I never see yeah. it but it's just because I'm a you know I'm a dumbass but like but also it's like it's you know privilege is invisible you know right. there's stuff that gay comics go through that I don't have to see sure. but like just little things like uh, I had a late night booker one time um, respond to material that I had submitted say like we don't want women to tell self-deprecating jokes about their bodies Mm. which there are so many layers to that which is like (laughs) so you're not applying that rule to male comics also the joke was not self-deprecating i just mentioned that i had gained weight (laughs) (laughs) so it was also like fat phobic and like it so it was like one of those things where it was like the way I approach sort of like talking about myself on stage too is in some ways like okay now I have to think about how do I talk about what's going on with my body right. while clarifying that I'm not pitying myself which is an assumption or that, asking for it yeah is an assumption yeah. that only women get on stage and it's a question that I don't think male comics have to think about so and Certainly. because I was doing these writing retreats that were like super intention focused where I like spent you know, at least a third of the time, not working on jokes, but instead like having these discussions with each other about what it was that we wanted to be saying in our act and like how we wanted, like what direction we wanted to go in as performers and like mm-hmm. these sort of larger overarching questions about like what we were trying to do and what we were trying to say and mean and be on stage that it was like, it was valuable to speak to those specific goals with people who you didn't have to explain it. What, yeah. what explain it to. Does I think it, those spaces are so important. I mean, I can't... There are so many times where, like, I feel legitimately uncomfortable in spaces sometimes that aren't... Don't have a good amount of women in it. I don't have a good amount of queer people in it. If I don't have a resource or a touchstone to go to, I often am lost. And there are times... I remember in New York when I was performing, there were rooms where... Like, I remember I used to do this show at... Um, is the Village Lantern? Is that what it was called? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there, was, there were these guys who would, like, run the show there who, if I talked and acted the way I normally do, they wouldn't talk to me afterwards. Oh, like, yeah. they wouldn't... Commu- but then there were times, because I kept getting booked, there were times that I would either deepen my voice... Or I would make sure that I would like try to act. Like, What's up, bro? Yeah, I mean, not like I wouldn't go. <laughs> I wouldn't go so dramatic, but I definitely wouldn't. I would tone down a lot of myself. Yeah, I would Cut get switching. better reactions. Yeah, and it was like 
And the audience liked me either way. The audience, I mean, audiences don't give a fuck half the time, I yeah. find. But it's these people in the industry and our, sometimes our peers that are so fucking Debbie Downers about it all that they can't yeah. just, like, be normal. See, I guess I always had, I always felt like, in my experience, it was kind of the opposite where I think as a gay guy, I always kind of slipped by in that I wasn't a woman, so I wasn't a, quote, other but I also wasn't quite a, a guy. So I think in a, in a weird way, I kind of skated by a lot of criticism and like there wasn't as I didn't get a lot of razzing, but there was also a protectionism. I remember you yeah. got I remember I, I, I once told it just a, at like an open mic. I told a joke about this thing that I was at. The, <laughs> I was at the gym in Ann Arbor and I saw this guy from my high school who had become super hot. And he went into the locker room. And so I, this is a little embarrassing, but I, <laughs> I positioned myself uh -oh. in the sauna so I could see him like get undressed. And, but it took him forever. So I was in the sauna for 15 minutes and oh, I was like starting to oh pass out. God. I'm like, I can't die in here. So I left. But I told that story on stage. And then I remember afterwards, a friend of mine got on stage and was like, oh God, what a creepy story. <gasps> and then after that, my friend who said that confessed later to me. He's like, two people came up to me and said, you can't say that. You can't call his story creepy because huh. that's homophobic. Mm, yeah. Interesting. I, which I thought was really interesting because I, of course, didn't take it that way. It's a creepy story. It's a, it's, it is a creepy story. Yeah. <laughs> and, it is, oh, how dare you. and it is embarrassing to be from Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Brent, when I first, I think I've told you this before, obviously, but like, I think we came to New York around the same time and we're starting a stand-up around the same time. And I remember distinctly, just to give kind of an example of the, how you can pass in one setting as a gay comic and I can't that like one comic whom we all know I'll tell you afterwards mm. said to me talking about you being like oh there's this great comic you gotta know him he's really funny his his name's Brent you would never know he's gay mm -hmm. and it was like yeah. and I in the back of my cool. head I'm thinking like <laughs> is, so am I not a good comic then yeah like am I yeah. what is the, where do where do I fit into it's this it's such yeah. a weird thing I think I used I to feel that, that way I used to feel that way I think when I started where I was like the best kind of female comic you can be is one who tells a joke that a man could tell yeah that like you're Fuck not that no. and then yeah like I got older and realized like Oh no, that's just me hating women thinking <laughs> that. That's just yeah. like hating right. femininity and, hating and like yourself in a way. Yeah, and yeah. like yeah. Um I remember uh I remember t talking to Alan, I forget when it was like oh. 2011, 2012, and saying, I just saw this incredible comic. Her name is Emily, and you would have no idea she's a woman. You'd have no idea. You'd never know. Uh, Sometimes they don't have any idea I'm a comic. I did have someone after a show one time, pretty early in my career, ask me, so are you a comedian? What? After your show, they were after in the, the crowd. Show. They were like, wow. you're so funny. So are you a comedian? No. <laughs> That's crazy. Just weird. Uh, just weird. No, Doing no, I'm not. Thing. No, I'm oh. not. I have been. I uh, I got hypnotized. Mm -hmm. I'm an I'm a dentist who got hypnotized. <laughs> did, did, they, did they also give you the male gaze? When they did that? Yeah, can we talk about the male gaze a little? The bit? The male gaze, you guys, I love you talking mean? About it. I put it down because I love it, and I thought you could talk <laughs> you about it a little Please. bit. The male gaze. Please, I mean, I I I feel like I don't have enough to say. We about should it. explain explain yeah. what it is to listeners who don't know. Go ahead. Mm. Me? Yes. <laughs> yes. Please. It's from college. It's from college. The it's male of, gaze yeah. is the idea of seeing things through the eyes of uh, a straight man, for the most part. I thought it was literal. I thought it was like men literally ogle 
people Mm-mm. unintentionally. Mm-mm. I oh. feel like it came up. I might was an art history major, and it was something to do with art history. I think of like the male gaze isn't just like the literal like being looked at by men. It's also like a tunnel through the which idea. you can see the world yeah, of the idea like which you see things yeah, through the male gaze. it's like a the type world of is... vision of seeing the world of seeing the world through like okay this is the picture i'm getting of this particular like moment in history or this is what this painting is of is i am seeing it through the male gaze i'm seeing it through men's eyes and uh, that that's yeah. the sort of the default mechanism yeah. by which we all the way we sort <laughs> of like taught to yeah function. default the yeah. and universalize male experience that's and straight male experience like my yeah. good friend megan uh uh will talk about how she thinks that sometimes workplaces can be challenging for women because they've been set up intentionally by men to cater to men. Right, yeah, they're so that's, cold. That's and, it. And yeah. their quote strengths <laughs> and like, yeah. and that's that. It's almost like it's inherently designed in the workplace that it can be challenging for a woman to get ahead or whatever because it's like they've set up their own obstacle course. Yeah, called yeah. They don't leave. Kind of we don't have that yeah. in this country. Right. And yeah. that's a that's a There's like that. so many ways that that plays out. Like yeah. one, the air conditioning is too cold. But also yeah. like there was just a study that came out that they were like, yeah, so women are asking for raises. It's a myth that they aren't. They're just not getting them when they ask. Yeah. Like we don't need to lean in. Like Sometimes I, ha- I, I genuinely, like it is really... It's really almost sci-fi to me that 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 can be a thing that women can make less money than God. like yeah. that is like sci-fi to me. Yeah, yeah, I remember having to hear it several times before I think I believed it. Exactly. And it was just like there there's no way that's true. How that, is like, that even possible? <laughs> but I also I also just I guess my assumption had always been people aren't making this you know in college I had shitty jobs at banks as as a bank teller, yeah. uh, but I think your salary was just based on a computer algorithm that said you know someone in Ann Arbor no. makes this much per hour. Mm. So I always assumed that any job you get, it's like they it's just equal. it's an yeah. algorithm that tells you what everyone's making, and so it kind of blew me away that it was dependent upon. Uh, your, bo- your boss, I guess. Your I just boss, didn't know yeah. that at that point. Hillary Clinton wrote in her book, it's something that always stuck with me, that she's, she talked about how she would often um, give raises or give promotions to women, younger women, um, and how she always noticed this separation in how people would react. So oh, like, right. A woman, yes. a woman who gets a promotion will say, do you think I'm ready for this? Do you think I'm prepared for this role? Am I, can I do this? Do you think? Do you have trust in me? I, maybe I need another year. Whereas the man will say, Thank, Thank you. you. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. it. We'll just accept it blankly without even thinking about his qualifications. Mm-hmm. And that we in this society and bosses, male bosses will just accept that sort of fear that women probably because they're seeing the world through a male gaze that they that they maybe aren't ready for the promotion or they aren't ready for the job. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and it's this weird circle that we've set ourselves up for. And it's disgusting. It's just it, yeah. it's, uh, it's pretty astounding. Yeah. But I also think that there's this like sort of reflexive way that we've tried to remedy it which is that like women need to act more like men not true which is like be like more competitive and more like yeah I fucking don't need to learn anything before I do this and like and it's like no actually like we know from studies that like workplaces work better when we emphasize collaboration Mm -hmm. and like this whole thing that we've been saying where it's like women should stop apologizing and it's like how about just men learn how to apologize like yeah. I think apologies are good and nice and make people feel better mm-hmm. and are a way of acknowledging that you like are all people yep. like I don't think we need to like shit on things that are traditionally female because we think that they're like 
we've noticed that men don't have to do them. Yeah, yeah. Um, exactly. It's, I don't know. It's so complicated. Um, but it's also like so liberating when you get to a point. I mean, I, at least for me, I know in my life, when you get to a point where you realize trying to act or exist in a way that isn't normal for how I feel about myself is so fucking exhausting. Yeah. And I can't live that way because it's maddening. And I have the privilege as a man in this world that I can then go in a different direction. And sure, there are ramifications for that. But women don't necessarily have that in this society. They can't just say half the time, well, I'm going to exist in this way then because they're still not then getting the raises. And they're still yeah. not, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. it's, it's like we applaud the gay dude for finding himself, but we don't applaud the woman for saying, for being able to do what she wants Pay to do. Me. Yeah. Yeah. Pay me. Pay right. me. Pay yeah. me money. You know, Gail King is uh, apparently... Um, <laughs> Uh, uh, negotiating for more money at CBS this morning. She deserves it. Which she deserves, and yeah. especially after this R. Kelly thing. And she's, I love this move, she's asking to be paid as much as George Stephanopoulos, who anchors Good Morning America on their competitor. Mm -hmm. And she's like, no, you, you pay me the same as you pay him because now I'm the greatest asset to the show. And yeah. it's like, that shouldn't be... That a revolutionary yeah. move. Yeah. That should just be the th like normal. Should just be the thing. Ugh, yeah. Everybody, everybody should. Gail King should make everyone's money. <laughs> we should all pay her. Everyone should be paid through I Gail. Mean, oh, I love her. So I've much. been paying her. Yeah. Have you guys not been uh, paying the Gail King? I've even Venmo her ten dollars a month. <laughs> oh, she's the Emily, best. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Oh my gosh, That's thank it. you for having us. Wait, where yep. can people follow you on the internet? Follow me on the internet at Mr. Emily Heller <laughs> everywhere. You can watch my special Ice Thickeners um, on Comedy Central Digital. Their YouTube. The whole thing's up on YouTube. You can just watch it. Ooh, and Pasta. And Pasta's my new album. You can buy that. I think there is some, there's some, there's a joke at least on Pasta that's not on the special and there's a joke mm -hmm. on the special that's not yeah, on so that's Pasta. The you, heard it, you heard it here yeah. first. Buy the comedy album Barf City. <laughs> by, by, Emily, Brent by Brent Sullivan. By Brent Sullivan. And Emily's got one too. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye. Thank you, guys. That was so Thank fun. You. So, uh, look, not to toot my own horn, I had an idea to have a segment on the podcast about deep cut hot guys. This which was your is, idea? Yes. This my idea. I thought it was Elliot. No. Oh, you son of a bitch. Yeah. Uh, and so the idea of a deep cut hot guy is that uh, it's someone that you wouldn't have noticed was hot. Uh, or someone who doesn't get necessarily get a lot of attention for being hot, but is objectively very hot. Alan, I think yours I, 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 <laughs> do, do not fly under the radar. Well, some of you mine got some do. Hot yeah, some dudes. of yours. Yeah, Colin Firth doesn't count. But see, I didn't oh, even know what it very meant. Handsome. Deep cut hot guy. I was like, I literally, I don't think in those terms. So I had to Google hot guy. I don't guy. think in those terms. Yeah, he you sounds sound like, like Susan Sontag. Sontag. <laughs> I don't. I don't think in those terms. I don't well, think in those right, terms. So let, let me start. Let me start because I feel very strongly <laughs> about this. I've said it on the podcast before. I'm going to say it again. Chief Justice John Roberts is the most handsome 64-year-old man in the world. Yeah, you're into him. I th but if you look at every picture, every angle, his, <laughs> he's aging so well. He's, uh, even his hair is well combed. If I look one-tenth as good as that when, <laughs> in 50 years when I'm 64, then I would be a very happy man. Who is Goodwin Liu? Goodwin Liu is also a judge on the California Supreme Court. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I know. I go, I, I go a little deep. Is uh, Kel, when you say Kel, is it from Keenan and Kel? Kel from Keenan and Kel. Oh, he I always is thought pretty he hot. Was, yeah. I always thought he was like, like. But he's actually hot. Yeah. yeah. But, but he's not But he's not someone that people say I jerked oh, off to right. Kel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not 
with someone. I bet people do. Who's I, chipper- I'm not saying that no one has, but he's saying he flies saying under the radar. He flies under oh. the radar. Who's Chipper Jones? Chipper Jones was a baseball player who played for yeah. the Atlanta Braves, who I always thought was a very good-looking uh, Southern white trash dude. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I love white trash. You do indeed. Who's Byron Dorgan? Byron Dorgan is a senator. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you. I'll let, yeah. <laughs> Everyone, Google Byron Dorgan, and you'll see that he's a very handsome sixty-year-old man. I mean, man. my only deep-cut hot guy that from my list at least, but that I can think of even off the top of my head that I have some love for is James Gandolfini. Oh, okay. See, but that's a good one. Yeah. James Gandolfini, but it, but it has more, but I would legitimately call him hot because of his essence. Right. Like, a lot of people, I think a lot of, of people like, do, I and I, I feel think, like I don't think that's swagger. deep cut. I think it's like actually hot. Yeah, it's a deep cut. That's a deep cut. But, you, but because they look ugly? Well, because yeah. he's not like a yeah, quote unquote heartthrob. Yeah, he's not conventionally a heartthrob. I do guess. you find why is James, it so hard to explain? Wait, do you find <laughs> it is? It's hard for me to understand. <laughs> do you I don't find get it. James Gandolfini hot, or do you find Tony his Soprano character. and his moments of vulnerability? No, hot? you know, I thought it was Tony Soprano, but then I saw Enough Said, and I was like, nope, James Gandolfini is hot. Oh, mm-hmm. see, I think it's that character too in Enough Said where you're like, oh. You're perfect. Yeah. Well, no, I yeah, and that's I mean the 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 arc of him from Tony Soprano to that it showed so many but different he, that dimensions. That means he's an actor. But <laughs> apparently James Gandolfini but himself. I'm also, was. But I am attracted to like talent. Like right. I'm, of course. I'm attracted to. You don't speak in those terms. No, I don't. <laughs> and I also think Tim Gunn is super hot. Oh, that's you right. do. Yeah, I think Tim Gunn is that, really hot. That blows you also chose. Me away. I think, really. Yeah. You chose Drake, who I think is very hot. But that's not deep cut. I know, but. Yeah. I think he's super hot. That's, that's a little bit more surface. Literally, everyone vapid. on my list is like, I, I, I don't even actually there think is, they're hot. Yeah, I but there is a running theme down. to uh, to Drake, to James Gandolfini, to uh, Chris, Christopher Maloney, to Colin Firth. I find that yeah, these guys yeah. have been labeled like, oh, he's surpri- he's like a surprise. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know? Especially like Chris Maloney. Like, people love him. There's a him. gif of him spreading his butt in Oz. Oh, oh jerked Jesus. off to that so spreading. Much. All right, so yeah, he is, spreads his butt apart. See his little butthole. All right, this is <laughs> his. Okay. All right, let's 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 get this train back on its tracks. Okay. So this is this is my favorite. Wait, wait. How hold on, hold dare on. you? So, uh, of course, we, I give everyone the idea that we should do deep cut hot guys. So I make a list of six names. Alan makes a list of twelve <laughs> names. Elliot, the un- sexually unhinged Elliot Glazer, comes back with literally like thirty a names, third of a page, and of half names. are bolded, half aren't. So what, are, are, what bolded, are the bolded some are ones? Italicized. He's unhinged. What are the bolded ones? I mean, honestly, Elliot is. I mean, he's sitting on his thumb just reading the list right now. He's uh, truly, but he, you do have some gems in here. The the son from Breaking Bad is spot on. Yeah, what? He had he uh, cerebral palsy. Cerebral, cerebral palsy, but he was so so fucking oh cute. Oh my god! You I guys. just threw some in here that okay. Some I some find of my, that offensive. Some of my why why because you're saying he's like not attractive. Be, he's not conventionally attractive because of his disability. But no no no, he's I, surprisingly hot. No, I just think he. I just no, was like just that guy's really hot. hot. Okay, that's I don't know if he would qualify under deep cut. It is a deep cut. I don't think it's the idea is that most people wouldn't. You wouldn't necessarily think of this person as a heartthrob. Why? Because he's disabled. That's what exactly, I'm exactly. That's my point. No, I'm kidding. That's that's exactly. That's not what I why I think he's hot. But, but yeah. like Michael Strahan is on the list, and it's because he's got he, the gap. But he's got a gap in his teeth, oh, and I love it's the like gap but we're not teeth. saying people with gaps in their teeth are bad people. Right. Okay. So no. this might make more sense. Young Ringo Starr, super hot. Uh, Sean Wayans. 
be a beautiful man, I think. The hottest John Wayans is super hot. Stunning. One of the hottest men that I've ever seen is a picture of Al Franken when he was young yeah. and he yeah. was just starting out and there was a sketch where he was a wrestler because I think he was a wrestler in college or something and it might have been an SNL sketch. I've never seen somebody more attractive than Al Frank, a young Al a Franken. Young. So this is mm. the, the other. The, what I wanted to elicit from this also was that it, it's so fun when you have friends that have different t- tastes than yeah. you because you get like Elliot. I think we've talked about this on the podcast before, but Elliot will send me a picture of like his number <laughs> one in the world, whatever it is yeah. that day. And you get this picture, and you're like, I like this person is so. Nor- I wouldn't even yeah. think twice if I if I saw right. him at the bank. Vice versa. And then I often, do the same. Yeah. I send him someone who I just like melt over, and he's like, "Who's this loser?" You yeah. Know? For me, also like, uh, um, uh, okay, so Tim Tebow, super hot to me. He, mm-hmm. I know he's big like, nose. he like hates me. Hot. Love a big nose. Peter Tamarkin, who was the host of Press Your Luck, extremely <laughs> handsome. <laughs> Jimmy Tatro, who's this like doofus who did uh, American Vandal. He's like an he kind of plays like an idiot all the yeah, time, yeah, and he yeah. has a lisp, a yeah. speech impediment. Um, Wait, d- can we talk about Peter Tamarkin? He was the host of Press Your Luck, a oh, game yeah. show from the eighties. Yeah, yeah. So you like watched it with a boner? No, I just knew. I was like, God, he's such a beautiful like f- symmetrical face, great hair too. You, you know that like oh. you know that like after watching it once, Elliot would always watch. Uh, press your luck with like nipple slams on <laughs> after that. <laughs> okay, so there's a, so there's a country singer named Sturgill Simpson. Wait, who is do we the really cutest. have to go through the whole? Not the list. whole thing. I'm just I'm just bouncing around <laughs> I a little feel bit. Like we've been here Sturgill forever. Simpson, super handsome. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Cabrera in his prime. Kirk Cameron was Who's Ryan Cabrera. He was Ashley Simpson's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. He had a couple bad songs. Oh, uh, Diego Klattenhoff, who was like a character actor on Homeland. Uh, young Bruce Springsteen, gorgeous. Alan Leach. Bruce was, Springsteen now. He's always been hot. Great. You're on board. Kahana Montrese out of Drag, a character who was, uh, I'm not going to spoil it, but this season of Drag Race, out of Drag, a perfect man. Brent, you would be into him. All right. Very much so. He'd hate the the gap in his teeth. Okay, here's a a real game. Alan's Uh, becoming really difficult right now. I don't understand it. Where do you guys fall on Pete Davidson? Yeah, I get it. I think he's hot. He's so I see, hot. No, this is, I think this is why I'm so confused. He would not. I'm. I'm reading deep cut as someone who you would look at and not. And people would not conventionally think they're hot. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas Pete Davidson would conventionally be considered hot. He would. Yes. I don't think he would. And I also think Michael Strahan. I also think Strahan's I mean, hands on the bubble. I get it. I. I, I think. I, I. And that's why I'm so lost by all of this. Well, then I'll. I'll, I'll end on one last question or I'll, one last name. What do you think? About Jaleel White, who played Urkel. (laughs) And when he played Stefan Urkel... Haven't thought about him in years. Well, think about it now for a second. Stefan Urkel... Really handsome. I like how you yeah. say Urkel as <laughs> if it's like, but that, uh, like no, that was Canadian. the character. His he name played Urkel. Urkel, and then his yeah. alternate no, his alternate ego oh, was Stefan yeah. Urkel, where oh, he was like right. sexy. All right, that's that's a, another good one. My last one. Yeah, uh, Burke Ramsey, Jean Benet Ramsey's brother. I can see that. Well, really, you guys have always been about him. Really good looking. Love a murderer. Creepy smile. Yeah, I like someone who smile. might murder me. Mm-hmm. Do you guys? I also like someone who might murder you, Alan. (laughs) (laughs) What would your aunt say? Brent, what would your aunt Ramona say about something she heard on today's podcast? You know, for someone who says they're left wing, a lot of your deep cut hot guys were white. (laughs) 
That's <laughs> true. Some kind of some liberal you are. My aunt Joanne would say that there's no reason I should be at a St. Patrick's Day parade. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Those are not our people. <laughs> my Alan? my aunt Anne would say, I don't know anything about the male gaze, but I sure love your <laughs> Uncle Ray's. <laughs> Wait, okay. What? <laughs> Uncle Ray's gaze. Gaze. Oh. G-A-Z-E. Okay. I thought it was going to be a G-A-Y-S pun. Yeah. No. Oh, but no. it, wasn't. it wasn't. And thank you for listening. I'm Elliot Glazer. He's Elliot Glazer. I am Brent Sullivan. That was Brent Sullivan, and I'm H. Allen Scott. <laughs> Rolling with the homies. <laughs> a, podca- <clears throat> a podcast network. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts.